The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Welcome to the latest edition of Circling the Bases. I'm DJ Short, and with me here once again is Scott Pianowski from Yahoo. We're live on Twitch, so welcome to our audience there. And if you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording Wednesday afternoon, nearly 24 hours removed from one of the best baseball games I've seen in a while, the final of the World Baseball Classic, all coming down to a matchup between Shohei Otani and, and Mike Trout. How fun was that uh japan took the title well deserved and now we turn the page uh to looking at the 2023 mlb regular season and in order to do that we have a special guest with us today vaughn dalzell from nbc sports edge one of our great betting analysts and and vaughn is with us today because we are going to take a little break from fantasy baseball drafts and talk about over under win totals for the 2023 season vaughn welcome to the show man yeah, thanks for having me. Definitely excited to be here. It was a great game last night. So all the sports was giving out those free uh, bonus bets. If you take USA yeah. and they lose, you get your money back. So uh, me being me, I had to throw a couple dollars on Japan. Not going to lie. I still love <laughs> my country, uh, but I'm super excited for baseball season. It's going to be a great one. So thanks for having me, both you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I was tempted to go for Japan, too, last night. I, I'm not going to lie, because I, I think they were the best team in the tournament uh, by far. Uh, team USA's uh, pitching staff was just not, not that good. That was a difference for me, too. Yeah. Not good. But uh, last night, you know, wasn't really the pitching that made the difference, at least for Team USA. They were very much in that game. Uh, but to have Otani as a weapon to come in out of the bullpen uh, was the difference there in the end. What, what do you think of the game, Scott? Oh, it's fantastic. I also did punch a Japanese uh, ticket. Nice. So, was, uh, you know, I, I think it's almost like the Ryder Cup where the United States would like to win, but the European team like has to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, Japanese baseball is obviously a very high quality baseball, and, and it's mm-hmm. such a source of national pride for them. Yeah. And the pitching was probably the difference. And you know, obviously the, the signature moment with Otani throwing that Bugs Bunny, Kerry Wood slider uh, to strike out Mike Trout, the teammates, you know, the, the great respect that they have. And we can all make the jokes. Finally, Otani and Mike Trout get to play in a game of some importance, right? Because they're toiling right. on the Angels. But right. I forget if anybody took the Angels in the over-under. It almost feels like a letdown. I'm really looking forward to today's segment. 
But in, in, in a minute, in 30 seconds, I'm going to be telling you to bet against the Detroit Tigers, how they're going to be lousy. And it, it feels like to come down from what an unbelievable World Baseball Classic. <laughs> there were also some jokes that uh, the Trout-Otani matchup is just a sneak preview of next season when Shohei Otani leaves the Angels, uh, which Lots is uh, probably true. Uh, all right. Before we get started here with the over-unders, uh, just a quick word for our listeners. New MLB season, new rules, new stars. So pair it. With the Rotoworld Baseball Draft Guide, get all the player profiles, rankings, and projections you need to hit your draft out of the park. Go, so go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide and use Pennant25, our special promo code. Again, that's Pennant25 to get 25% off at checkout. All right, so let's get started. And, and just to explain how we did this, we did a snake draft, and we made our picks for our over-unders here. Scott, uh got the, I guess, maybe lucky hand here and and uh, was able to pick first overall. Uh, so we're going to go, we each made three picks each, so nine picks total over the course of this show. Scott will go first. Yeah, as I mentioned a minute ago, Detroit Tigers under 69 and a half, which is the number they didn't make last year. And and remember, what, 67 wins last year, but they actually outkicked their Pythagorean. They should have won 63 games. Whoa. last year so they actually were lucky and they still you know had a lousy record and where's the improvement going to come from right i mean they, they signed javi baez looks doesn't look that's working out eduardo rodriguez didn't work out spencer torkelson the highly touted prospect had a, had a miserable year now maybe some of those guys will bounce back but this is the team that's rebuilding at some point in the middle of the year if they have anything interesting that they can trade they'll probably try to trade it you know i ideally trying to get worse so uh, i know the AL Central isn't the thickest division, but the divisional play has been spaced out a little bit more. They'll be playing the AL East more this season. Uh, Detroit's going to lose 100 games, man. You're, you're, you're not only going to win this bet, you're going to win this bet in the middle of September. I am not going to disagree with that. Uh, as someone who's made profit the past two years, uh, just fading the Detroit Tigers or taking pitchers overs against the Tigers, uh, I, I continue will be on that this season. I am interested in their pitching staff and see what, what can happen with guys like Matthew Boyd, Matt Manning. Um, not too much – Attention from me will be going to Edward Rodriguez or Spencer Turnbull. Those are two guys I'll probably look at fading sometime down the stretch. But, yeah, this is a team that's rebuilding. I'll be talking about some rebuilding teams as well, uh, some unders, maybe some overs. But the Tigers, I'm definitely looking at a, an under if I'm taking a bet. I'm glad you mentioned Boyd, by the way. Two walks and 17 strikeouts. So he, he's a fantasy Not sleeper, good. a great last-round pick. Or when you start filling those IL okay. slots, he's somebody I am interested in. And the, yeah. also keep in mind the fences have come in just a little bit. It, it probably won't change the play of the park that much, but keep an eye on that. Yeah, I think if the Tigers take any step forward, it has to be with those young position players, uh, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green. Uh, but overall, I mean, this lineup is just not very good. I don't have a lot of faith in Javier Baez uh, turning things around. Uh, Tarek Skubal isn't going to be back until maybe halfway through the season, and he could be their best pitcher when he comes back. Matthew Boyd, I, I think, is, is interesting, too, as you mentioned. Uh, but yeah, just not a lot going for this team uh, this season. So Vaughn... Uh, we'll go second here. Uh, what do you yeah. got, Vaughn? Speaking on rebuilding, this team is constantly in rebuilding since I probably graduated high school. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> um, you know, and their their form of rebuilding this year was signing Rich Hill and Andrew McCutcheon, um, two guys that could be my <laughs> uncle age wise. So I'm definitely not excited to be rooting for the Pirates this year. The under 67 is a great bet. You look at uh, they're they're another team very young. They got guys like Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes. O'Neill Cruz, who, you know, swiping bags left and right, fast, young player, 
can hit bombs, but a lot of these guys may not even be around by the end of the season. I could see Reynolds being traded for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Pirates trying to get younger in some areas. They signed guys like Austin Hedges, Joe Manchoy, Carlos Santana. But really, are those guys going to pop off the screen uh, when you're trying to take over-unders? This offense will be a little better, but the pitching rotation is going to hold them back completely. I mean, Rich Hill, Ronzi Contreras, uh, Mitch Keller, Vince Velasquez, and J.D. Brubaker. I mean, just please give me a break as a Buccos fan. 62 and 100 last year, uh, 61 and 101 not long before that, and then 2019, 69 and 93. This team continually finishes under 70 wins, so I'm comfortable taking the under 67 and a half. I think it should be lower, around 64, 65. Yeah, I think what the Pirates are doing, like they sign these veterans, McCutcheon, Santana, Choi, like you mentioned, Rich Hill. Like if they are good, if they have a successful season, they're going to be traded in July. Yeah. Uh, David Bednar, their closer too, could be traded. Um, I th- I, they have some interesting young talent, no doubt about that. We'll see Andy Rodriguez come up, their young catching prospect, at some point during the season. But this isn't a team built to contend uh, this season. So I, I think it's a safe bet there, uh, 67 and a half for the Pirates. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'll make it unanimous. You know, I feel like there's four teams that separate themselves with the least amount of fantasy talent. Now, Oakland's probably the, the bottom of that group, but yeah. Detroit, who we mentioned earlier, Pittsburgh and Washington are just teams that just don't have a lot offering for fantasy. Yeah, O'Neill Cruz is an exciting player, but what a strange way to rebuild your team with the, the oldest team you can get, you know, when you're signing Rich Hill, who's in his 40s. I mean, McCutcheon, it's kind of cool to see him go back home. I don't have a it problem is. with that Absolutely. move. But yeah. um, I, and, and, you know, again, we talk about, and this will be an angle I'll play with one of my overs, you know, with these teams that don't contend, if something goes right, if David Bednar is sitting on 19 saves at the All Star break, they're going to ticket him to a contender. He won't be they should. for them in the second half. But yeah. Right. They absolutely should because a closer is an unneeded luxury for a non contending team. So, again, not only do I think this is under is going to come in, I think it will come in well. You won't be sweating at the final weekend of the season. This, you'll have this in your pocket. And you'll be betting out on the NFL in week three. So, a little we'll bit see. of pessimism with these first two picks here, but now I pick, I go back to back. I'm going to take Mariners over 86 and a half wins. They had 90 wins last year. And I think they're better, maybe at least similar, if not better than they were last year. And and here's my case. Full year of Julio Rodriguez, full year Luis Castillo leading that rotation. Remember, he was only there half the season last year. More innings from George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. The back end of the bullpen remains super solid. Andres Munoz, Paul Seawald at the end of that bullpen. They acquired Teoscar Hernandez during the offseason. Colton Wong as well uh, in the Jesse Winker deal, who they got nothing from last year. And Jared Kelnick. I'm not going to quit on Jared Kelnick just yet. He's looked great this spring. Maybe he takes that step forward. Um, granted, the Mariners will play fewer games in division than previous seasons. That's relevant with how bad the A's are. But I also see the Astros a little more vulnerable than they've been in recent years. Jose Altuve missing, what, two months probably. Justin Verlander now in the Mets. So I, I think this is very low for a Mariners team who has a chance to win 90-plus. Yeah, I like that. I think the pitching rotation for the Mariners is what's the most exciting thing for me. Obviously, you know, uh, J-Rod was amazing last season in all respects. But – yeah, so many strikeouts. When I'm looking at my K props this season, DJ, it's the Mariners are going to be one of the teams I'm definitely targeting. Castillo, Robbie Ray, and I really like Logan Gilbert. I feel like he's a he's a slept on prospect, a guy that's really going to be taking his game to the next level over the next two years. 
Uh, I'm not in love with all the hitters, but Tiesco Hernandez is exciting too. Colin Wong, I've always been a fan of him. Uh, so I definitely like the makeup of this team. I think they're going to be exciting. And another team that uh, is going to contend, but I wouldn't take them to make, win a playoff series, but I think they make the postseason. Yeah, I'm going to make it unanimous. You know, I think there was a school of thought that they got lucky last year, but they only outkicked their Pythag by one win. They were right. expected to win 89 by their run production. So I, I feel like what they did last year was legitimate and is sustainable. The, the rotation goes four deep with four excellent starters, right? They're all – maybe none of them is, is a true ace, but they're all like legitimate number two starters, and they have four of those guys. I, I love Vaughn's bringing in his dog to, uh, to sign off on the Mariners as well. I'm, I'm very dog-friendly <laughs> podcast. You'll probably hear my, my dog Abby barking at some point when she agrees. But uh, And I like the moves they make. I like the Hernandez move. I like the Wong move. It's just a very deep roster and a very smartly constructed team. Um, and you mentioned Logan Gilbert, Vaughn. He's one of my favorite pitching targets. Because, again, you have these four guys. I think they all kind of mush together, and sometimes you get values for them because nobody yeah. stands out in front. I mean, maybe Castillo, I guess, ostensibly is their number one. But you yeah. could – I mean, Robbie Ray's two years removed from a Cy Young Award. And the other yep. two guys are young up-and-comers. I really like the construction of this team. And let me just throw one more thing in everybody's ear. It seems like every day something wrong happens to the Astros. Lance McCullers hurt. Jordan Alvarez isn't healthy. Now Kyle Tucker's dinged up. Now Hunter Brown has some back soreness. He's going to miss a start. Maybe it's just one of those years from hell for Houston, who is the team we ostensibly we, – we give them the, the division when the season starts, right? Yeah. yeah. But Seattle's on the way up. The Angels still have holes. We know that – Texas is a team with flaws, and, and Oakland is not going to contend, and they, they know it. Maybe punch a Seattle AL West ticket. I'm, I'm going to look into that yeah. as well. I yeah, like I like that. I like that too. And another name I'll throw at you, whether they're relevant in the mixed league, you know, we'll see. But Matt Brash, uh, depending on how the Mariners use him, he might ultimately be a bullpen arm. He came up last year and briefly had some relevance as a starter, then kind of tailed off from there. But uh, he has a chance to be an emergent weapon in this bullpen late in the late innings, which is already really solid. Uh, I think he could be a key piece for the Mariners this year. So next up for me is another under Rays under 89 and a half wins. Uh, while I see the Mariners taking a step forward this season, I, I just don't see it for the Rays. They won 86 games last year. Are they really four game four wins better than they were last year? Not, not to me. They're going to be without Tyler Glass now to begin the season due to an oblique injury. Shane Boz is out all year. I and even when Glasnow comes back, I just don't really trust him to stay healthy. Uh, the Rays signed Zach Eflin during the off season. They're banking on him taking a step forward. Them. We'll see if that's the case. I think the the starting rotation is pretty good on paper. Potentially McClanahan, Springs, Rasmussen. Back end of the bullpen is really good. Maybe we see rebounds from Brandon Lau. Uh, Wander Franco takes a step forward. I just don't really love the lineup that much. Not many. You know, there's a lot of like platoons and kind of part-time players. I just don't see them jumping off the page to me to get to 90 wins. They don't look like a 90-win team to me. They always prove me wrong, so maybe I'm going to look bad here. Uh, but, yeah, on paper, I don't see a four-win improvement with this team. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion on the Rays, although you're saying a lot of things that speak to me as a fantasy manager. The, the lineup, I feel like they want to put a different lineup out every day of the week. And, you know, 162 games, 162 lineups. So it's hard to draft into that offense sometimes. Yeah. Often they beat their expected wins because they have a good bullpen, they have a good defense. The Rays are often good at things that don't uh, aren't easily quantified or aren't easily identifiable. So that might push me away from betting on them. But I, if I had to take 
aside of the Rays, I'd be with you. I'd be fading them, but I, I feel like that's been a losing bet over maybe the last 10, 15 years because they've been a smart organization that does a lot of things in the nooks and crannies. Well, a team I have not drafted much for fantasy because, again, their lineup just it, it drives me crazy that I have no idea where anybody's hitting day to day. Yeah, I don't think I've owned a Rays player over the last two seasons, to be honest with you, but I, I, I respect what they do because I know they're going to be an over 500 team. I know they're going to somewhat be closer to this win total than they are farther away from it, in my opinion. But I do think when you look at it on paper, like DJ said, the pitching rotation is something that you're not going to pass up. Last year, there was a couple instances where Drew Rasmussen and uh, a couple other guys, you know, I think outplayed what they're really capable of. Um, but going into this year, you're going to ask them to be consistent all year long. And that's the question marks. As a guy who rooted for Tyler Glass now, he's had injury issues too. So uh, Zach Eflin's another guy I'm not super confident in, but as a your end of your rotation of fifth pitcher, that's probably where he's best suited. So uh, on paper, I'd probably go under as well, but I think it will be a close one. It's probably, DJ, it's probably my least favorite out of everything we talked about so far. So you'll be sweating yeah. the most on that one. I, I know I'll be sweating it. The, the, the Rays will probably make me regret it, but it's all good. I want to so, say one other thing about the Rays before we move on. I know it's no fun to talk like this because Tyler Glass now went healthy, could win the Cy Young. But so, he's yeah. been over 88 innings once in his career, and I know he's dinged up now, so his ADP is probably backsliding for the final week of fantasy drafts. But where he's gone all spring makes no sense to me. It's all wish casting that this is the year Tyler Glass now is healthy. Why would we bet on that? I, I especially when he's already hurt. Yeah. I, I have not. Again, as a baseball fan, I'd love to see what he would do in a full season. As a logical person, I think it's foolish to chase after that. All right, yeah, I'm with you. So, so Vaughn, you are up next with your next pick. All right, we'll talk about the uh, Chicago White Sox. This team was actually a nice, hefty bet for me to win the AL Central last year, and that was laughable. This team faded down the stretch. Obviously, they got a new manager now. And some for some organizations, like the Phillies last year during the season, that really you know bumped them up and made them a much better team. But I'm not sure how it's going to affect the White Sox going into this because it went into this, the next season. But you look at their staff, still nasty. Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Giolito, uh, Clevenger, and Kopech. Um, but last year it was interesting because they finished 16th in ERA, uh, bottom 10 in walks, but top 10 in strikeouts. Uh, you know, they did very well in the saves, but they still weren't even close to making the postseason. And when you look at most models, most experts, they have the White Sox finishing third in this division. Uh, and that's kind of where I peg them as well. I don't, I don't feel very confident in this team because of the hitters. I feel like the hitters are really going to hold them back. And they were very inconsistent last year a lot of times. Even the pitching staff outside of seats, but I know they had injuries. But uh, Chicago, one of, four teams one of 14 teams last year not to average at least one home run per game. And they had the second most hits and the fifth highest batting average in all of baseball. We know they wreck lefties, but outside of that, they were not good in my opinion. So, yeah, they got Andrew Benedetti. Yeah, they got Elvis Andrew resigned him after he played about 43 games with them and a new manager, like I said. But I'm still going to go under. This team being above 500 is going to be a close call, and I could definitely see this team finishing anywhere between 75 and 80 games, so 80 wins. So I'll take the under on the White Sox as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of boom and bust with this team, just just period. Um, so I think that wide range of outcomes, like you were saying, is totally accurate. I could see Lance Lynn bouncing back, Geely though, perhaps, but there's Yasmani Grandal, there's Jan Mancata coming off a bad year. There's always uh, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, can they stay healthy? Tim Anderson was hurt last year. Yep. They have a rookie playing right field, Oscar Colas. Like, what can he do? I just think there's a lot of things that could go wrong here. Maybe it goes right. Maybe. But I think more likely you're going to need a lot to go right uh, to beat this number. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, this is the only pick we made that I actually disagree with. But 
understanding there's a ton of risk here. Look at all the things that went wrong, all the guys who got hurt. Tony La Russa was the wrong man at the wrong time. A Hall of Fame career with you know, with the Cardinals and the A's, but he probably shouldn't have been managing anymore, and I don't think the team really responded well to him. But at least some of the guys who are coming back from injuries are still in young ages. It's one thing when, when older guys get hurt, it's maybe harder to take the leap of faith. But, I mean, last year, Giolito had COVID. I mean, I, I'm willing to write off that season. He's, he's in excellent shape this year. I think he's a good bounce-back candidate. Lynn, maybe it's wish-casting with Eloy Jimenez, who he hasn't been able to stay healthy, Luis Robert and stuff like that. Tim Anderson generally is somebody I think you can plan on 140 yeah. games. So <clears throat> I see potential here, and the number's not that big. At least in the division, the Tigers are bad. The Royals are top-heavy, but the second half of their lineup is, is really ugly, and they have, a real, they have one pitcher I trust. So I think they'll be better than those two teams. I, I lean uh, over on the White Sox. Uh, it's not something I'm probably going to play, but if I had to make a pick, I would go over on that. All right. Yeah, hope, hopefully it's not me uh, trying to make my money back from last season then let me down continuously. But, <laughs> yeah, like I do love the pitching staff, like I said. I think all these guys, I've had them in fantasy. Tim Anderson, fantasy guy, Andrew Vaughn. Shout out to the Vaughns in the world. Uh, another guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not in love with just what could happen with them. I feel like a lot of things have to go right. A lot of guys have to bounce back. And that really I'm going to stump for Andrew Vaughn, by the way. It's his third season. He was the third pick in his draft class. And he's finally going back to his natural position with the Jose Abreu right. move. He's going to be a first baseman. And I think that it's an underrated part of fantasy sometimes where a player is out of position. Like Eugenio Suarez one year, the Reds tried to make him a shortstop and he made like an error every day and it, it really affected his offense. I'm curious to see if Jazz Chisholm is distracted by the move to center field. Andrew Vaughn's going back to a position he already knows how to play. He's going to play it every day. And he's somebody who had a pedigree. I think he's a really nice fantasy play this year and somebody who I've tried to get where I can. Agreed. So Scott, you you are up next with your uh, with your next pick. Yeah, I'm gonna sling some optimism here as I do the wraparound. Um, you know, the Reds over 65 and a half. I got to this pick backwards because I, I was drafting all these Reds. I'm like, okay, Tyler Stevenson. He's a catcher who doesn't catch all the time. Uh, he, he was gonna have a breakout year last year. He got hurt. He's still young. I want Tyler Stevenson. I believe in Diaz, their closer. I think Will Myers is well set up to be a steal in fantasy. Covers a couple of positions. We know the ballpark will play nice. Jonathan India, coming back from an injury, he was a, what the rookie of the year two years ago. Could be a five category player. And like, well, if I like all, we know they have a couple of really interesting hot pitchers at the top of their rotation. If I like all these Reds, how are they not going to beat sixty-five and a half? And they're not yeah. the worst team in their division either, because that's obviously the Pirates in my mind. I think the Reds are a, a quasi-competitive team. I think they're going to win 73, 74, 75 games. Nothing great. Not going to make the playoffs, but I think they've done their rebuild the smart way. And, you know, again, I, once I start drafting all these Reds, I'm like, well, if, if I want all these players on my team, maybe the team collectively is better than I initially realized. Yeah, I think they can be frisky. Uh I think the rotation is lacking beyond Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. Like, there's just so many question marks there that this – I mean, it could be bad. You could have three pitchers with a five-plus ERA. Like, it's very, very possible. But I like the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you stated the case there. And they have a lot of young players coming. Spencer Steer, Spencer Steer, TJ Friedel, they'll be in the opening day roster, probably the lineup as well. But Christian Encarnacion Strand, who tore up spring training, Ellie De La Cruz, arguably the top prospect who is not in the major leagues. Uh, Matt McLean as well. They have a lot of young players coming. I think this could be, at the very least, they'll be a fun team to watch. They're not going to be a contender necessarily, but man, they have a lot of players who are potentially a lot of fun. Yeah, they won 62 games last year, starting off three and 22. Uh, right. How many teams the following season are going to start off three and 22 in their first 25 games? 
So I ex definitely expect the Reds to look a lot better in the first month of the season. And that's already going to be an encouragement on their win total, in my opinion. I'm with Scott that Pirates are the worst team in this in this division here in this uh, conference. So I like the Reds, too. I don't uh, particularly think like 75 wins sounds like a whole lot for me, in my opinion, for the Reds. But 70 wins is something that could definitely hit, in my opinion. And Hunter Green is a ticket worth having for leading the league in strikeouts. Uh, I think, you know, the potential that he has, if he can put together six, seven innings on a consistent basis, that guy is going to be a very dangerous pitcher. So, uh, yeah, I think the upside of the Reds and all the youngins that they have, I would lean the over as well. It's solely because the Pirates are the worst team. So the Reds got to win more games. All right, Scott, we'll get to your next pick in a second. But before we do, just a quick reminder, download the Roto-World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Of course, we're in fantasy draft season right now. So as soon as you draft your team, start favoriting those players so you're getting those instant updates uh, to your roster. Very handy thing to have over the course of the season. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Scott, you're you're up again, and I think you have some uh, more optimistic uh, news here. Yeah, shiny happy. Uh, producer Adam tells me I, I have the Mets over ninety three and a half, and producer Adam says that you can actually get ninety one and a half if you shop around. So nice. Uh, that that ticket has gotten even more interesting to me. I don't see a weakness on this roster, and Steve Cohen, whatever they need, and obviously they just lost Diaz in in the celebration injury, which which stinks. But if they need something, he's going to go out and get it, and I. They have also have a couple of really interesting offensive prospects yep. who are you know, in Beatty and Alvarez who are eventually going to fit into this roster. Maybe they don't play opening day, but they have improvements. They, they maybe are not putting their best lineup on the field opening day, but eventually those guys get into the mix. They will be active in the trade deadline. You know, Co Cohen doesn't care what the, the tag is. He doesn't care what the bar bill is. He just wants to win a championship. You know, he's managing this team or owning this team, running this team the way all fans would like to. And uh, I, I know the, NL East is very competitive. There are four very strong teams there, but or at least three anyway, depending on how you feel about Miami. But 
I, I think the Mets have a chance at win 95, 98 games. I, I thought this number was really low. I can't imagine anybody who thinks they're going to be an 80-win team unless you think their older pitching is going to break down. And I even like their support starters. I think David Peterson is a guy you should go out and get in fantasy. The Mets right now, I, I think they already have 97 wins in the back of my mind. It, it just seems very clear to me that they're a good team and they're going to get what they don't have in the middle of the season. I'm a Mets fan, so I'm automatically like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're jinxing me or what. Scott, but uh, yeah, I mean, they won 101 games last season and, you know, have they really lost eight wins compared to last year? I mean, not to me. I mean, they, they signed Justin Verlander <laughs> who won the AL Cy Young award last season. You, you mentioned this rotation is old and, and I think that's the biggest concern. Uh, Jose Quintana is already out for multiple months. Carlos Carrasco is 36 years old. Verlander and Scherzer in the back nine of their career. If like, Two or three of those guys go down and, you know, you really have to rely on the David Petersons, Tyler McGill's to fill that gap. Maybe they're not quite as, as good as we might think. I think that number going down to 91.5 in these other books uh, is a reflection in the Diaz news. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get that to some degree, but I, I still think, like you said, I mean, Beatty, Alvarez, they could be big difference makers for this team. The Mets really didn't bolster their lineup. They kept their guys like, they re-signed Brandon Nimmo. You know, that was like their big move off- offensively. They almost got Carlos Correa. So they really didn't do much offensive-wise. I think the reason why is because they expect Beatty and Alvarez to come up eventually uh, and give a boost there offensively. But, yeah, I think they're I think they're going to be in that 90, 95 win range probably. Uh, but I'm a Mets fan, so I'm, I'm automatically uh, anxious. I also love that their two best offensive players, Lindor and, and Alonso, are still in their 20s. It's completely reasonable they haven't had their best seasons yet some some year Alonso's going to be MVP of the league and Lindor we know didn't hit at the very beginning of his Mets career but he's been a terrific player for the last year and a half yeah I don't have honestly too much that because I thought that was terrific breakdowns by both of you guys and DJ I know you were super excited to talk about the Mets but yeah the only the only concern to me would be that the rotation is a little bit older but we know how valuable these guys are at that age still that you know Verlander Cy Young sure is going to be up for that uh, so I'm not really worried about that at all. I think they're another 100-win team. And when I was looking at future tickets to win it all, I'm considering the Mets, and that scares me, DJ. So I just got to take, <laughs> take the win total and get my money and then play it by year after that. Also, the best TV booth by far is the, the three-man booth of Gary Cohen, Ron Darling, and Keith Hernandez. Now that, that we, you know, Vin Scully, uh, we, we've lost them, and, and, man, do we miss Vin Scully. But, uh, you know, the Mets are just worth watching just for those guys. Yeah, I, I think one other thing with the Mets, they got pretty lucky last year in terms of their key everyday players being in the lineup. Uh, Starling Marte was hurt in September, and that that was a bummer. But like Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, they were all in there every day, basically. If they lose one of those key guys, like that could change it a little bit too, especially in a division that should be uh, pretty close. Uh, so Vaughn, your final pick here, who you got? Uh, I figured we'd go with an over since I gave you guys two unders. But you know the sharp betters love the unders. That's usually the more profitable. Fade everything. Yes, fade everything. (laughs) But for this team, which was a fade for the most part last year, we're going to go over this year, and that's the Arizona Diamondbacks. If there's a youth movement going on in baseball, I think it's happening in Arizona right now. They have a ton of guys. And you guys touched on a lot of prospects, but Corbin Carroll, uh, he's going to be up, and he's going to be one of the best things we've seen probably on baseball this season. So I'm really excited to see him. Uh, they signed some vets, uh, Evan Longoria, Kyle Lewis. They got Lourdes Gurriel in the Varsho deal. But 
I liked a couple of their hitters last year, like Ketel Marte, Christian Walker, Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas. Like these guys, I think, are pretty fun guys to watch, in my opinion. And I know the pitching rotation isn't that great. I'm still going to be fighting Madison Bumgarner every single start. We are taking the <laughs> under four and a half strikeouts. Same goes with Merrill <laughs> Kelly, but these guys still made uh, made strides at points last season. Zach Gallen was outstanding. I couldn't yep. believe uh, the level of play that he had. Uh, but he comes back, and we got Zach Davies as well. And they got a couple young guys, uh, Ryan Nelson, Dre Jamison, uh, Brandon Fatt. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but those guys are all 25 or younger too. So that youth movement I'm speaking on, it's hitting Arizona. While they may not – not going to come anywhere near winning the division or making the postseason, I think that they're going to be a team that – strives to hit try and be as close to 500 as possible and i think all these young guys are going to play their hearts out every night so uh very sneaky team in my opinion so i'll take an over on the arizona diamondbacks which probably sounds crazy what was their number <laughs> what was their over under 75 and a half it opened oh, at 74 yeah and a half. you, you, got, me, you got me on board man this is the team you look at the nl west and the dodgers are in the playoffs every year and the, the padres have made a big splash with the players they've traded and the play four and the players they've signed the Giants, not that long ago, had well over 100 win season. Arizona gets lost in the, even Colorado as bad as they are. That's Coors Field, and we always pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. This is such a sneaky team. Christian Walker is like a round or two cheaper than he should be, right. you know. And uh, Carroll, of course, is a, is a buzzy prospect, so you, you're going to pay for him. But I think Lourdes Goriel was a great ad. He had a wrist problem last year. He still had a plus yeah. average. He still had a plus OBP. He's been his OPS plus has been positive every season. He's been in the majors. He's a professional hitter. He's still in his 20s. Bottom line, this is a team that's screened, that's under the radar. That I, If you told me they went 81-81, I'd believe it. If you told me they were like quasi-competitive this season, I'd believe it. As you mentioned, they have some interesting prospects that are probably going to get into the mix at some point in the middle of the year, and the, the league has changed the rules on that where teams are actually incentivized to put their best team on the field. Bottom line, not only do I think Arizona's a good overbet, but I, I think there's a lot of fantasy value. It's, it's going to be hard to get a good price on Carroll. He's just so popular and buzzy, but – there are so many under the market, under the radar guys you can get for fantasy. And that's, again, kind of how I got to the Reds. It's like, well, if I'm drafting all these guys, they must be a better team than I thought. I think the same tag applies to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Gabriel Marino, the catching prospect, is one of those guys, Scott, especially uh, with the news that Carson Kelly's hurt. Uh, I think it was his forearm. He's going to miss quite a bit of time. So now Marino's essentially pushed into a regular role there. So uh, you can get him outside the top 12 catchers in fantasy drafts. I'm not sure about the power with him, but the approach is really, really good. Uh, one of the top catching prospects in the game. So he's someone to, to target there. And I like this I like this bet, too. Uh, I, I think that Zach Allen is one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch. Um, so my final pick here, I'm going over, too, and I'm taking the Guardians over 86 and a half wins. This is a team that won 92 games last season and the AL Central, taking the Yankees to the limit in the division series. I don't see them losing six more games than they did last year. Uh, Not with this team that's basically unchanged from last year. The rotation is the same. Bieber and McKenzie at the top. I think McKenzie can can still take a step forward. The bullpen is the same. They've got Class A, probably the... The most, the safest closer at this point, with with no Edwin Diaz around, but James Karinchek, as well as as the eighth inning guy there, and uh, the the Guardians added Josh Bell during the offseason. This was a team that didn't have a lot of punch in their lineup. I don't think Josh Bell is going to hit like 35 homers, but uh, he gets on base, has a solid approach, fits in well with the way that lineup works, and just is an experienced bat to have in the middle of that lineup. Jose Ramirez, one of the most underrated players in baseball. 
Stephen Kwan broke out last year, Andres Jimenez as well. Uh, offensively, defensively, this is a really solid team. Ahmed Rosario, Josh Naylor, above average hitters. Oscar Gonzalez showed something last year as well. Maybe the White Sox and Twins can get better. Who knows? But I still think the Guardians are the best all-around team in this division. They remind me a little bit of the Rays in that they do a lot of little things well. It's, it's a good yeah. defensive team. It's a team that puts the ball in play. And I, I like the Bell move, as you said. And also Terry Francona, just a very steady hand. I feel like his teams often outperform what they look like on paper. So I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. sign off on the over as well. Yeah, three teams with the fewest amount of strikeouts last year in baseball. The Mets, number three. Astros, number two. The Guardians, number one. Um, I loved playing unders for pitchers' strikeouts against them. I think they were just one of the most plate-disciplined teams in all of baseball, obviously, with their strikeout numbers. But adding Josh Bell to the mix gives them another power uh, hitter in that lineup. And, I mean, that rotation, as you said, DJ, I mean, chef's kiss to it because I really love it. I think Tristan McKenzie is going to be an awesome guy coming up for the next few years. And, obviously, Shane Bieber is the king of Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, I love this over, too. I'd probably rather take them just to win the AL Central then take yeah. their one total over if you can get a better price, like plus 100 or better. Um, but I still think that bet hits, though. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to shop around. Like, we got these numbers from from uh, FanDuel. But, like, you know, shop around. See if there's better. Like, you know, the 91.5 with the Mets. Like, that to me, that's, like, automatic. Take it today. Yeah, I think that's maybe an, that's an overreaction to the Diaz injury. And, and maybe in that same book, you can find, a you know, a better, you know, futures bet. NL, NL champs, World Series champs. But like, yeah, uh, and you can also do this during the season. If there's a team that's on a losing streak who you know is a good team, you might be able to jump on that. So like, it doesn't all have to be preseason, right, Vaughn? Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. But yeah, I, I mean, I really like this play. And like I said, AL Central, while Scott and I will disagree on the White Sox, I think we'll all agree on the Guardians uh, for the most part. <clears throat> but yeah, shop around. If you can get better odds, if you like the Guardians to win the, the division, it's plus 100. That could be a better bet, or you could split your units halfway. So, um, you know, always look to see what's the best numbers available. And, uh, yeah, don't overreact. Listen to guys like DJ and Scott, and you'll make some money. The shop around is, is one of the best fantasy pieces of advice, too, not, not just for yeah. your handicapping purposes. But say you're in a keeper league, you're rebuilding. You're going to trade, you know, you're Pete Alonzo, and you're going to trade him or, you know, whoever it is. You're going to trade Garrett Cole. Don't go to – don't take the – don't do the basketball team that takes the first shot that shows and just jacks up a hurry three – work the ball around, get a good shot, make everybody know that you're selling. And, yeah. you know, so whether it's shopping for the best line you can get in the sports books or shopping for the best trade you can get in a, a fantasy league. Yeah. You, you definitely want to take your time and do your diligence and just make sure something better isn't out there. Good stuff. Uh, thanks Vaughn. This was really fun. Uh, by the way, you can follow Vaughn at, at the money sports on Twitter. Make sure you do that. Lots of good tidbits in the world of sports betting. Thanks again, Vaughn. We'll, we'll definitely uh, check in with you soon during the season also make sure to subscribe to circling the bases wherever you get your podcasts and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review if you like what you're hearing follow us on twitter if you don't already scott is at scott underscore pianowski on twitter i'm at dj short take care everyone and we will see you next time Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. 
It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.